0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Poplar Propcast. Today, we're going to be talking about things you can do with your house that aren't necessarily renting it in the long term or turning it into capital or just sitting and holding it or even living in it. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Airbnb. I am Justin Libernette, and with me today is... Anya Scott.
1: Chuck hottimer Joe Fry.
0: And they all have different experiences with Airbnbs, both... Um, most of us have rented and stayed in them and then all of us are involved with management in some way so what you should come away with this from at the end is kind of an appreciation for the possible complexities if you're going into an Airbnb possible licensing issues in different parts of the state and then what you can expect when you're actually involved directly with an Airbnb both setting it up and then executing on it so to talk through this I think it'd be really nice to start with Anya because she's got a remote managed Airbnb in a very, very high tourist area. Can you explain where yours is and what goes on there?
2: Absolutely, thanks Justin for having me. So excited to be here. Um, so I've actually only been in the Airbnb rental business for about 14 months. And so we got lucky in the sense you know, that- That's
0: longer than I have, so it's, oh, that's, really? that's appreciable, yeah.
2: <laughs> awesome, well we got really lucky in the sense that uh, we really got involved as we started coming out of COVID and as people started to travel more. And like you mentioned, we are in a very high tourist destination on Catalina Island in California, which is about an hour ferries away from uh, Long Beach, California. And
0: so- Do you wanna know a weird connection with Catalina for me? I used to, when I was in San Diego, I used to have a bartending job on a yacht that went and did weekends to Catalina. Uh We also had one that did like um, cruises out in the bay. But it was owned by this old, crazy, cranky guy who would collect <laughs> everybody's tips at the end of the night. And they'd be like, y- you get paid. And it was just super under the table. The Two of the people were Australian nationals that didn't have, like, <laughs> ID to legally work. And so we'd go out there and we'd, we'd park. People would go off onto the island for their day and we'd just goof off on the ship. It was really fun.
2: Sounds so, awesome. Uh, Catalina is <laughs>
0: great. It's, it's got buffaloes.
2: Buffaloes, yeah. Do you know why they has got buffaloes on the island? I'm sure it has
0: something to do with
2: one of the Roosevelts. No, so actually I, I'd have to check how long ago it was, but I think it was in the 50s that a movie director wanted to shoot a Western movie on Catalina Island. So he brought over a bunch of buffalo to the island and what ended up happening is the movie went bankrupt. He ended up disappearing with the whole crew and left the buffalo. And since then, they've just started to... <laughs> it coexist with the inhabitants of Catalina and, and grow their population.
0: Buffalo are going to buffalo. Yeah, so
2: actually there's a lot of uh, buffalo tours you can take on Catalina now. Oh,
0: w- Justin here, just cutting in real quick, the movie that they're talking about is called The Vanishing American and it was filmed in 1924. They brought 14 bison to the island. They originally planned to take them back. They ran out of money. They didn't take them back. So there's a, a whole backstory on the Catalina bison, which is... Absolutely worth diving into. I recommend Atlas Obscura. Uh, now back
1: to the pod. Is this yeah. a uh, key so, feature you so highlight so in your Airbnb We We bring it up listening. sometimes. If, if
2: somebody needs a recommendation for what to, to check out on the island, it's one that surprises people sometimes. But it's a popular <laughs> popular trip.
0: Is there a lot of buffalo meat and jerky and stuff on the island? Or are they just free-range? They're free-range.
2: Yeah. All right. And actually, so most of Catalina is a national park. So there's only a very small portion of catalina that's avalon and there's another city town really called two harbors where there's anybody living 95 percent of the island is is national park protected land and it's where the buffalo (laughs) roam.
1: i hear those buffalo are pretty progressive they're actually all vegan
0: (laughs) (laughs) chuck why don't you tell us about where your airbnb is at because i believe there's wildlife near there too
1: that's right so crossover I uh, <laughs> thank you, Justin. So great to be on the on the podcast today uh, that I'm I'm currently managing an Airbnb that is um, above the my place of residence in Wyoming in Jackson Hole area, um, which is a pretty interesting market. Uh, you can't really have you know, you can't rent short term in, in certain zones. So you have to have only one renter group every 30 days um, in the zone that we are in. So I've been doing that for just about seven months now. Um, It's a pretty new process for me. And uh, it's been kind of an interesting experience. Um, Probably the biggest difficulty is, you know, finding, using these platforms to advertise in a short-term rental restricted territory. You have to be, a little you you have to kind of narrow down your audience so you're only looking for the longer term stays because you can only have one person one group every 30 days. Hmm. So it's sort of this weird in-between audience of long term and short term. Um and you know a lot of the booking requests you can't have instant booking turned on because you have to monitor all the requests and you kind of want to look for those longer term stays. Um so that's I think that's one of the more interesting challenges of this area that we're managing and you know um you also have to, so, have to be conscious of So that. that's
0: not true for you Anya right what are the what's the
3: well, setup in so Catalina? we actually
2: so our home on Catalina has um two units in it and when we applied for our vacation rental permit we were only granted one of the two units so we were granted the one as a vacation rental, so long as that we also rented the other as a long-term. So we have a, a tenant living downstairs year-round, and then upstairs we have our Airbnb business. And of course, there's a lot of difficulty that comes with that, as you can imagine. Not many people long-term want to live below an Airbnb. Below,
0: especially. That's yeah. double worse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I I have an Airbnb and mine's also in a kind of high tourist area um it's in vegas and vegas is going through some really severe legal changes around short-term rentals right now so um we'll get into those restrictions in a while but uh, in different between anya and chuck my airbnb was my residence and then i bought another home and i was trying to figure out what to do with it and i thought i will try to Airbnb it and see what that does. And so I kind of bumped into it in a little bit of a different way. Um, mm. At this point, I would like to bring in Joe because he both has an Airbnb and he was involved with professionally managing Airbnbs for quite some time. Can you tell us about your Airbnb and how you got into that?
3: Yeah, for sure. So I worked at uh, Vacasa for about six years, which is the the largest uh, full service property management uh, of short term rentals in at least in North America. Yeah, it's um, huge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty a big pretty, deal. <laughs> pretty big. So yeah, I was there for, for a while and uh you Weonpa know, is there, uh, decided to buy one. So I guess a little unique in that very much intentionally bought the house with the plan of making it a short term rental Airbnb. Um and interestingly and we'll get into it. Uh they recently passed some regulation uh, that will affect mine, although uh, I think Justin and I probably agree on regulations, but they're completely different regulations than where Vegas is going, so yeah. a much different outcome.
0: Yeah, so where's yours at, is yours in? Yeah, great question.
3: Um, yeah, I live in uh, Portland, Oregon, so it is uh, on Mount Hood, uh, lower elevation, so about an hour drive from from my house, so really too far to go if something goes wrong, but close enough that I can get up there to gotcha. enjoy or you know, do maintenance. And kind do of. you manage it directly? I manage it directly and then have, uh, I think a really good deal, um, cleaners that go above and beyond and do a lot of light maintenance, et cetera. So uh, that's been great. And we've struck a deal where uh, they will stop by the property for 50 bucks or uh, if it's party related for a hundred dollars. So <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that is really great when you need it.
0: Yeah. It's one of the things that you'll run into when you have an Airbnb that you're not really close to. Um, I'm four miles away from mine and it's still every once in a while something over wrong enough and it's a time where I should not drive or do not want to drive. And I have to figure out how to resolve that using the guest almost as a means.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that one's a little bit more challenging. Uh, Chuck, you're the only one that's like on site. So how often are you called upon to resolve Yeah.
1: Die? Any issues? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, so I actually live below, uh, the Airbnb. So I'm like, on an Anya's example, the, uh, tenant downstairs.
0: Do you live in her Airbnb?
1: <laughs> There's I, Buffalo
0: and you're downstairs.
1: There, there is a Buffalo. Well, actually now we have, now we have deer as the mm. new, uh, tenant on the property. Um, not, not paying ample rent, but doing some nice, uh, yard maintenance. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, being, being on site, you know, I, I, and I will say I'm sort of a third party manager situation. I don't own the property, um, but I am managing it for an owner who's out of state. So um, it's been, you know, pretty hands off in terms of um, you know maintenance and, and getting called upon. And then you know I think what's good if if you're on if you're in that situation of being on site, you want to put a little bit more effort in being proactive and being a good you know, co-housemate or tenant, essentially. So um, whether that's helping the other guests uh, or, you know, assemble their deck furniture or inviting them over to a barbecue, you know, just to um, kind of be friendly with the the people. And that's, that's kind of what, uh, you know, I think is missing and, and is the biggest complaint of the local people, especially in a place like Jackson Hole, where the housing crisis is in an extreme scenario um, people feel that uh, doing vacation rental is kind of pulling inventory off of the market for locals Um, but uh, by involving the guests in the local community you can kind of complete that full circle and get them to get involved contribute locally.
0: yeah it's kind of a, a real hard pull on both sides because the the zoning is such that there's not enough housing the tourist situation is such that there's a massive demand. And then you also have everybody that has their part-time houses that are super nice there. And so how do you have housing for somebody that's working at the restaurant for the season? How do you have housing for somebody that's that works at the Starbucks and lives there year round? Like that's yeah. The answer is you
1: don't, uh, basically, uh, in that town. Um, it's a town of 10,000 residents. I think there's only about 5,000 single family homes. Um, In the summer, there's 50,000 tourists at any given point. So you're having, you know, uh, employers who are basically advertising jobs with housing included. Mm. And most of the time they can't find staff. And so what ends up happening is um, restaurants and different service businesses will be closed half the week um, because they just simply don't have Mm. enough staff to support that. So uh, one of the interesting things, I mean, we've been referring to this as Airbnb, but uh, it's really, in my case, it's really just a short-term rental situation. And so we've tried to market the property uh, alongside with the owner and what his intentions were, uh, first and foremost to local employees. So there's a lot of people that come in for the summer to work on the mountain or the winter, and um, we are able to fill that up with guests who are in that situation. So it's kind of, I think the owner was very intentional in doing that and uh, ended up helping out some of the local employees.
0: So are they on Airbnb and VRBO or not at all? And it's just advertised somewhere else? Like It is, is on
1: Airbnb and VRBO, but I'd say 50% of the guests have actually come through offline sources. Interesting. Uh, just through referrals and uh, people who know someone coming to town.
0: Anya, your property, it's on... Just Airbnb or?
2: We're on both. And um, it's interesting because we have the exact same listing up on both sites. You know, we use the same keywords, same pictures, but we get most traffic come through Airbnb. Uh, So we see about 80% of our traffic through Airbnb, about 20% through VRBO. Um, The funny thing is on VRBO, the only way that we're basically getting traffic is through the pet friendly filter. And that's really the only way that people find us. So. On Airbnb, we're con- consistently on the first or second page of the search results, and on VRBO, we have a really hard time moving up hmm. past page fifteen. And so, unless somebody searches us through a filter, we, we barely come up. Yeah. And
1: the uh, the cut on VR, VRBO that they take is much larger, right? Than Airbnb. it is. So
2: I I believe right now on Airbnb it's five percent, and on VRBO we're being charged eight percent. Though recently it fluctuated, and that was an interesting scenario because we called VRBO to find out what was going on. We saw a random increase in how much they were taking, and nobody on the phone could really explain why that was. They said that it fluctuates sometimes, and that's what it is. And you either hmm. play or you don't. And so um, we've seen that kind of fluctuate between eight and ten percent. Huh. Um, yeah. So
0: Joe, are you on both or? Um,
3: yeah, I'm actually on both as well as uh, booking.com and then uh, Google My Business, which drives a a website that I cannot imagine somebody would find without <laughs> searching my address. So there is a billboard effect, right, of like, hey, I found an Airbnb, I'm going yeah. to type in the address, see where else it is. Oh, it's on the strange, like, fourth highest ranked thing. And it's a little cheaper because there's, you know, it's 5% or 8% cheaper. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very hard to attribute it, yeah. obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty close between verbo and airbnb and then um i will say where where mine's located is a little each of like 400 ish houses and maybe half are people that you know just live there that's their permanent residence and then um a lot of second homes as well so i get a quite a few bookings from like friends and family of people who live in that community right gotcha. so, so
0: around christmas time around thanksgiving really busy yeah
3: yeah yeah exactly And those are always great guests because uh they're uh, they're
0: not. <laughs> they're, they're held accountable. They're held
3: accountable by their uh, their in laws or whomever. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, I'm only on Airbnb, and I did that consciously because I didn't want to try and deal with calendar integrations. There's tools out there. I just put it on Airbnb and was successful enough, fast enough that I went, eh, and shrugged. Um, do you guys use software to manage the back-end calendar and keep them synced, or do you just yeah, exactly? It's, go a- in it's and-
2: actually built into both platforms. So both oh, work talk to really each other. well huh. with each other. So you can actually just See, upload, I'm learning something. <laughs> upload a link and, and the two calendars speak together. So when hmm. I um, pop into my VRBO dashboard and look at my calendar, it will, in my VRBO dashboard, show me the block dates that are blocked out in Airbnb and it even labels it Airbnb booking. So hmm. they work very well together. Um, and we like having the two because randomly VRBO will fill in those gaps that we don't fill yeah. with Airbnb, and so our occupancy rate I think is a lot higher thanks to that. Yeah. And so yeah.
0: what are you doing, Chuck? Are you just going well because it's month? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't have, have instant booking.
1: I don't have instant booking turned on, so I don't. I don't have a really big pain point of calendar integration because it's pretty low booking uh, volume. But um, yeah, I think the with the different platforms uh we've we've seen again it sort of acts as a front page and then um a lot of the requests or a lot of the the guests we end up booking with end up coming in from the long term or from uh referral sources and and end up staying longer term so gotcha. we kind of just book out a whole month mm-hmm. and just alternate yeah. months
0: yeah joe is yours all integrated
3: it is. And I was going to say, it's it's interesting because I would say you've got the most urban one and it probably doesn't matter that you're not on the other channels.
0: Yeah. I So when I look at the back end tools, there's a couple of the, the one that I integrated with was Beyond Pricing for instead of um, Airbnb's pricing was not very aggressive. It was pretty lackluster. And so my first month was not. Not really any kind of a quality experience where I'm like, oh, I can do this. It was I was cleaning myself. I was priced too low. And so I'm like, this is garbage. Why am I doing this? Um, but then when I got on Beyond, it, it does this little readout. And it's like in your in your area, in your neighborhood, most of the houses are booked for the next 30 days about 50%. And you're booked about 80%. So you are priced not aggressively enough. And so you can calibrate against what the other availability is. And so it's nice to be able to use external data that formally. Um, when Evolve is managing, excuse me, when Vicasa is managing properties, I, I'll cut that out. <laughs> when Vicasa is managing properties, are they are they integrating with the different platforms in the same way or they just sit over like an umbrella over it all and just post where they think it'll rent?
3: Um, they're integrated with, yeah, quite a few, right? And a, a lot of that is like i think as an example like tennessee cabins does really well in tennessee obviously not elsewhere you know see you wind up with these these weird little channels that are are strong in you know one specific so tennessee category.
0: cabins is a tennessee cabin rental website yeah exactly just like as an example it's pretty I, niche.
3: I, I think there's like a few like really pet friendly ones etc yeah. so they're integrated with with a lot of different sites, but, you know, very similar experience in that, you know, you could, you could look through Vicasso or through Airbnb, etc. Yeah. And there's, um,
0: they're doing the pricing engine. right? Yeah. So they're, they're
3: doing it themselves. And, yeah. Yeah. uh, I, I would say that there was a time where I think Vicasso was like far and away the best at pricing things. And I think really at this point, like beyond pricing and Vicasso and a bunch of other people are probably about the same. Um, I use beyond as well. And I think they're I think they do a good job.
0: There's just a lot of data out there now. And so it kind of depends on where you're getting your data and how you're reacting to it with your own prices.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think like like most things, right, you may have a competitor advantage for a while, but usually competitors kind of sneak up, you know.
0: Yeah, the algorithm becomes the norm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, everybody's yeah. got Google. <laughs> um, when you're managing, you're putting together your properties. Um, let's go through the different ways to kind of set it up. So Chuck, yours was already set up when you got there because he'd already had it set up. And he has it set up for long term
1: yeah so we the basically the main thing was furnishing and uh sort of a base level of of furnishing of the property and uh besides that you know we started in winter time when it was snowy so we didn't have to have any kind of outdoor furniture when summer came around people were asking more about that stuff so we we had to set that stuff up uh internet trash uh, one one realization is, you know, having the right infrastructure for trash. This is a pretty large property. It's four bedroom, like 3,200 square feet. So it's uh, usually attracts a large group. So you had to have, you know, double the trash can situation um, and get that all set up. But uh, and then you've got also got to be aware of like snow removal services in a place like Jackson Hole. So mm. setting up plowing, uh you know, shoveling, shoveling the path, uh, on a regular basis. Those were sort of things that I didn't really think about going into it, but realized again, that's part of creating that great guest experience and making sure your neighbors don't think your place is total trash.
0: Yeah. The, uh, our neighbors are renters. How can you tell? Yes. Wave of the arm. Exactly. (laughs) Joe, is it snow on your property or is it, it's not, Um, it's not not a whole lot, right? right. It's,
3: it's only at like 1500 feet, but, um, so, no, I, I don't pay anything special, right? The HOA pays to have the, okay. the so HOA plowed, okay. yeah.
0: Okay. And then for setup, did you bought yours to Airbnb. So, did you have a, a budget in mind, a furniture set in mind to just go raid Ikea? How do you set yours up? Because yeah, you set it up yourself, right?
3: I did. Yeah. Um, my house had more or less sat vacant for about five years. And was if it would have sat okay. vacant for much longer, it probably would have had some catastrophic damage but uh we the, the roof had not yet failed so <laughs> so you know there was yeah there was a lot of initial uh fixing which i mean a lot of it was cosmetic right it's just painting you know ripping out yeah. carpet etc um and then fully furnishing it i uh, i've always just kind of used the assume it's going to cost like five thousand dollars per bedroom plus five grand and you know you can kind of like do that math and hopefully you will come in a little better than that and that's right about where i was for furnishing
0: yeah, I think so. That's a that's a really nicely furnished place now in my mind. I'm thinking because I I went the other way. I had um I I moved and so I left the master bedroom stuff there, so I already had that. And then the other rooms, I just did IKEA and mail order mattresses. And then I had a spare dresser that I put in one of them. So there's, I've got a bunk bed in one, and then queens in the other two. And then the master has the old bedroom set. And then I. Got on Craigslist and or offer up actually, uh, and found furniture that people were getting rid of a like, pullout couch. Like, That'll be perfect. It doesn't match that one, but it'll be perfect. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah,
3: that's that sounds more yeah. more affordable. Um, I mean, this was totally vacant, right? So it yeah. needed it needed everything, right yeah. down to pots and pans. Um, and then. Uh, the yard also, oh, I guess
0: I got lucky there too. Cause I got an excuse to upgrade my pots and pans. I'm like, oh, they have to go in the Airbnb. So now I have to buy my, myself.
3: <laughs> there my there you go. Yeah. 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 So, and then also, uh, you know, the outdoor space, uh, got a hot tub and, uh, mm. you know, furniture, et cetera. So, yeah. um, spent some money there. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, you get to check that box, right?
1: So
0: yeah, it will. Um, yeah. mine has a, a pool and a hot tub and that's always, especially in Vegas, it's a
1: feature. Yeah, did, has anyone definitely. seen a before and after of the for example hot tub edition it's one one feature that I have a hunch that would increase mm. increase uh, you know potentially the price or traction of the listing have you did you get to see that before and after so mine I
0: didn't have a before and after mine always had a pool uh-huh. but I do know that the search filter criteria in Airbnb when people are in Las Vegas they have the data on the back and they go 80% of people that look in Vegas look for a pool. If they're going to stay at a house, they want to have their own resort experience, especially in the summer when it's hot, they want a pool. So that that shifts all that stuff in that direction. Hmm. Um, Anya, you filled yours totally remote, right? Or did you go out to do the We We went
2: out initially um, when we first bought in 2020. The place needed a full gut, so we practically built it from the ground up the homes on Catalina are traditionally small so yeah. it's a, a two bed two bath they were,
0: when was it
2: built do you know um fifties fifties yeah. um but so what we wanted to capitalize really was on the view our house is elevated on top of a hill and the old homes were built such that the windows weren't That big, And we wanted nice panoramic glass doors so that our guests could enjoy the view because that's one of the top things that is being searched for Hmm. in our location. And then we did also include a um, hot tub on a brand new deck that we built out to really provide extra space because the homes are so small. We wanted to make sure that we had an outdoor entertaining area as well. And so there was just a ton of work that went in the first 10 months when we bought the home and when it was finally ready to go up on the site, we had to get back to Massachusetts and uh, we had made relationships with people on the island that then helped us furnish the place. We have great relationships with our, our cleaners, of course. We needed a pool operator, which was very hard to come by on the island. There's about two of them and they're very busy. Um, but we needed to make sure that he'd be available because the one thing with poles and hot tub is the maintenance yeah. of it is outrageous every week,
0: every yeah. week, twice a week. Yeah. It's, it's, but yeah it's, it's one
2: of our ongoing. biggest pain points. And at the same time, one of our best features, because people always in their inquiries, you know, ask, will it be available? And is it something we can take advantage of? So it's definitely been well worth the, the effort. Uh, but yeah, so we don't get out too much. We're out there about once a year just to check in on things and revamp as needed. Our team is great. So we frequently ask them to send pictures and if things are starting to degrade, we pretty much Amazon or overnight ship, whatever they need, um, regularly. We do all of our own property management practically from afar. So like I said, we're in Massachusetts. One of the biggest pain points is the time difference. Because our guests might be coming in after dinner at 9 p.m. and needing something and giving us a call. But for us, it's midnight. I might be waking up just to answer that call and try to provide service. And it can be hard from a distance. But fortunately, we know enough people on the island who can kind of, in the moment that we need help, pop over there and assist us with that. And so we've also tried to implement some... Other security measures, so we can have better eyes on the property from afar. So we use things like the minute noise monitor, which is a noise mm. monitor that you install in your home that records like the decibel level of the noise. So that so it's
0: not actually recording. No, it's just monitoring the loudness. decibel level. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> pretty Can't sure you that you would be illegal. <laughs> but if it, if it is it an ongoing, or it or only reacts above a certain?
2: No, level? it's ongoing. It's real time. Can you? But isn't yeah. that just
0: recording, like a? an audio wave?
2: Pretty much, yeah. So isn't
0: just recording the decibel level recording? How does that work?
2: Potentially. I don't know. We don't get to look into that feature, but...
1: Yes, those things have gotten in a little bit of hot water because of that, but, you know, especially if you've got Neighbors, right? It makes sense. That was
2: that was a big problem. We actually ran into a lot of issues with our neighbors who were really felt that you know we came in, we did this big construction project, put this beautiful home out on Airbnb, and now it's completely you know unattended to, and it's a free for all. And so we had a lot of backlash from Mm -hmm. our neighbors, and a lot of issues arose as a result of it. Neighbors complaining about noise complaints saying that we're not there to monitor them and that we don't care. And we've just basically, you know, have this like money-making property and have left and have no regard for our neighbors. So that's really been, um, something that we've been working really hard to rectify and make sure that it isn't the case because it's not true. We, we obviously care deeply about our neighbors yeah. and make sure that they're not affected negatively as a result of our, you know, family business. Um, so, you know, things like the noise monitor, Um, we've got like the there's actually a occupancy monitor which detects how many devices hook up to your Hmm, wi-fi which can give you uh, an idea as to how many people may be in the house so if you have you know six people allowed in the home and suddenly there are 30 or so Devices hooked up to your Wi-Fi, you know that could yeah, be maybe a red check flag. The front door <laughs> right. So okay,
0: you bring up a couple of things that I think are interesting to talk about. One, let's talk about vendor networks and how you find and keep your vendors. So, Chuck, you're the primary vendor, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: coordinator for trash and snow, like you were saying.
1: Yep. And then I've got a great set of cleaners, uh, Jackson. You know, this the uh, labor crisis is, extends across all industries, so you basically. Um, have to, as soon as you can befriend someone and actually befriend them, meaning go out mountain biking with them or hiking with them and develop a good relationship, then you can actually get service. and and, uh, and So
0: you have to take them to dinner
1: first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Basically you have to uh, really, you're almost selling yourself to the vendors as opposed to uh, the vendors selling themselves to you. Because uh, you have to be a reliable, you know, pay the bill on time, um, be a good communicator. And uh, that's the only way that you're going to actually get their attention to get service. Cause there's just not enough people for the amount of right. work that needs to be done.
0: Gotcha. How'd you handle it, Joe?
1: Yeah, I, I got
3: pretty lucky on the cleaner side, right. And it very similar, right. Uh, met somebody, befriended him, you know, really like him, his wife, etc. And, uh, Probably I would probably overpay, like if you know I could probably get a better deal if, if that was. But you kind of run the math and it's like all right, so I could save like twenty bucks a clean, right? But miss like one clean ever, you know, and it it's not worth yeah. it. So yeah, I'm I'm super happy, but yeah, same thing as what Chuck's saying that like I, I don't want to screw up that relationship. Um, and then uh, similar to Anya, I uh, actually just have a camera that's it's outside, right? So that's so it's allowed. Yeah. And just facing the uh, the driveway. So there's been a few times I've have, I've have one neighbor that likes to complain and then I've got a bunch of neighbors that I think are if they complained I'd be like oh I got to get there like now right because they're they're pretty solid but it's like
0: it's like a neighbor danger thermostat Yeah right? yeah exactly <laughs> Oh it's just Todd Yeah so there's been a
3: few times that you know I've gotten a call of like there's a party at your house and I'm like well I'm, I see two cars in the driveway you know like are yeah. you sure there's a party at the house you know? yeah so yeah it's not a very good one Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a great party so yeah i've had pretty good luck with that
0: the uh the the two that were interesting for me was initially finding cleaners i tried a service called tidy and it's like a gig worker for a cleaning service and so you put your property on there you go here's when it is you can coordinate your calendar to it then it pops up and people will bid on it and and then you pick and you go cool here it is we got it you're gonna do it this time because you've got a spot and you said you'd do it but the first two people that claimed a spot on tidy didn't show up they canceled and said personal issues both times so okay i'm going over to clean again on a sunday um and then i called around and i found a local service and they've been providing me with excellent service from day one they take pictures of everything they document stuff they let me know when we're out of stock And they were really apologetic when they had to raise their prices like six months ago just because everything costs more. So they raise their price. I go, that's fine because they do a great job. But then we, you know, you you look at it and you look at that as part of the expense and you go, okay, I was doing it before and it was awful because I had to go in and see what people had kind of done to my house that I used to live in. (laughs) And then when you get abstracted from it, you let somebody else do it. It's totally worth the money for the peace of mind. Um, And then for pool service, the first people I had, I'm like, okay, I've moved into a new home with a pool. I have this house with a pool. I need to get everything checked because all this pool equipment's old. And so I found a a great bunch of guys that came around and did a bunch of work to update my equipment and stuff. And then we're supposed to start service. And they serviced for about three weeks and they replaced a a heater. They'd found a heater that was used, but good. They replaced that for me. And they're like, cool, we'll be back. In the next two days to pick it up i heard from them like twice after that by text and they stopped servicing the pools the one at the rental went green and i'm like wait oh you, wait you guys aren't coming by anymore what's going on what happened where are you so i had to you know it, getting your pool not green it takes about a week so i had uh, tenants coming in or guests they're like yeah it's it's not usable i'm gonna refund you some of your money but it's not usable and it, you get a bad review from that but my new vendors, I met them at like a park where they were doing a, uh, an election event. And so a whole bunch of people in the neighborhood were out. I met them. They're like, yeah, we do pool service. And I go, I need pool service. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Um, and they've been doing really well. And so I think vendors is one of those things that's so important to get good vendors. They are worth their weight in gold. They're, they're a reasonable expense, but that's not something you want to really cut corners on. Because then when stuff hits the fan... To get your corners cut back. Um, mm. Anya, how'd you find your group, your herd? So,
2: we actually, since we were on the island for a while and doing the renovation, we had a project manager on the island who gave an initial mm. intro to. He was project uh,
0: managing the renovation. The
2: renovation. Gotcha. Yeah. So, he introduced us to somebody who did cleaning. And with Catalina, Catalina's so small, there's only about anywhere between 4,000 to 5,000 residents but Catalina sees over a million visitors a year so anyone who lives on the island is in hospitality in some way or another so everybody knows somebody who's either managing Airbnbs or working in the hotel industry or working in the restaurant industry etc there's a lot of kind of internal connections once you make one so our cleaner uh, she ended up introducing us to her husband who's helping with a portion of it, who introduced us to somebody else who's doing our gardening. And that's kind of how we made all of our connections. And because they're all very close and we treat all of them very well, uh, you know, they're incentivized really to, to treat our property like their own. And we saw a really big change um, from the beginning to the point where we're at now as far as our relationship goes because in the beginning when we got into the business and started asking them to come out and we really like to spoil our guests so we had the cleaners come in we said okay well we want you to clean the house but we also want you to put out wine and fill the fridge up with beer and put out a thank you note and you know do all these Hold all the towels into monkeys right (laughs) do all these extra little things that kind of enhance the experience we did get a little bit of pushback Because they said, you don't have to do that. None of the other Airbnbs are doing that. And we were like, well, we don't want to be like any of the other Airbnbs. We want to be a little bit special, right? And work for those five-star reviews, which are so important. Uh, And so in the beginning, there was a bit of friction. But then we, me personally, I mean, I, I deal with all the vendors. I started befriending them on social media and, you know, commenting on how great their kids are doing. And started to really build a relationship beyond this, you know, vendor, homeowner uh, relationship that we had initially, and it's changed everything drastically. I mean, now when we go out and visit the island, we enjoy taking them out to dinner and, and treating them because they are our lifeline out there. And yeah. because we're across the country, we rely so heavily on them and they've helped us out and really in some sticky situations. So it's, I think it's very valuable to to do that.
0: Yeah. And remember to tip them at the holidays.
2: Yes. And
0: <laughs> when something devastating happens, like... um things that people will do in your house that then they have to clean up pay them very well after that one and that's (laughs) we'll leave that at that um this brings us to the second one that we that you kind of touched on for a second and that's uh regulation so i'm going to start with joe because he mentioned that they've got some stuff changing over there so you want to roll through like what the short-term rental regulation situation is like up there by portland
3: uh yeah so I'll, i'll be very clear that uh I guess I live in Portland, but the vacation rental is outside of Portland. So Portland oh, has somewhere else. Has, is it Vegas? Because Vegas no. is spread out. <laughs> uh, Portland has very strong regulations. Uh, more or less, you can't short term your house unless uh, uh, something similar to a truck where you have somebody living, living in it as well. Um, you know, so maybe you have somebody in your ADU and then you rent out your house or vice versa, um, which is maybe that's the right decision for Portland. I don't know. Um, I'm more rural and uh so there were there were no regulations and they recently passed some, but they're very, I think, reasonable, right? So it's and I might screw it up a little bit, but it's something like
0: this is not legal advice, talk to your lawyer. <laughs> there
3: you go. So we're good.
0: <laughs> Don't listen to Joe. Um,
3: yeah, but I think it's like, you know, max occupancy is like number of bedrooms times two plus two or something. So, you know, if you have four bedrooms, you can have ten. Um I, I think that's pretty reasonable, right? Like, what are you yeah. going to put twenty people in there and you know no. not have a problem? Um, you have to have a fire extinguisher. You have to have whatever, right? And like carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, that Exits in should,
0: all the bedrooms. Like. Yeah, you
3: should probably do that just regardless, you know. Um, and I think you had to like post maybe certain phone numbers of uh, people that they could get hold of, and um, it all seemed pretty reasonable to me. Um, but I know that other places have you know taken. Much, uh, much harder,
0: uh, yeah. So, we'll 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 bounce to me on this one because Vegas is just going through this kind of big, drastic change in this, right? So, Clark County went extreme and said no short term rentals at all. The only place that was allowing them was uh, the city of Las Vegas had some grandfathered in, and then there were some other provisions that allowed it. Well, without regulating them, the number of short term rentals grew to almost somewhere between 10 and 12,000 which is about 10% of the housing stock of Clark County. Like it's a significant number of homes, single family homes that are on Airbnb condos, that kind of thing. And there are some that are palatial. They're these giant houses that they bought a single story, four bedroom, two bath, and they turned it into a 7,000 square foot, six bedroom, five bath with a bowling alley and a photo room. And they're like, they do instagram photo shoots there they do parties there they do receptions there so it became an event center in the middle of the suburbs and that that kind of really tweaked a bunch of people and i think appropriately so and there's um the i think that if you uh, here i'm gonna this is not a plug do not rent this but if you go to uh, total max homes look up the dreams and desires mansion so this is a, a guy who has been to court several times over this and he's part of the reason this legislation is coming around, because he has five or six in the same neighborhood that are all like decked out and have uh one that's kabuki themed and one that's like a man uh Louis the Fourteenth themed. Like they're 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 playhouses. They're places where you look at and you go, This is this is either um a super rich, ostentatious, poor taste guy, or it's a playhouse and it's they're playhouses.
1: So is this the one with the giant sign out front that yeah. says you are participating in oh, a uh, yeah, yeah. So, Airbnb?
0: So the dreams and desires one I call out on purpose because on the front, on the wall, it says, it's giant like three foot high letters that say D and D. You're like, what's D and D? And then you pass the gate and the gate is wrought iron, dreams and desires in the gate. And the neighbor across the street has a sign up that says um, it is illegal to have rent or to rent a property for less than 31 days in las vegas if you're doing this you're breaking the law so you can tell he's not happy with it and i understand that because when he bought and it was a four bedroom two bath and now it's this monster with people coming in all the time yeah so so that conflict kind of drew attention to the party houses specifically and i think that when they were looking at the legislation going hey let's ban this they looked at that as a representative example. They didn't do any good job of enforcing it. So the state said, you guys have to regulate this by July 1st. So by July 1st, you have to have an ordinance in place, license, and enforce. They did a couple of hearings. They talked to some people. There were some very interesting city council meetings that you can see on on YouTube. But the end result of it is really pretty onerous. And the other piece that we won't even get into here is the hotel lobby and how hotels look at the competition from something like an Airbnb. But what happened is that the, the restrictions are so aggressive that I'm going to get out of the Airbnb game. And I think that's what they wanted to happen. I could keep going with the Airbnb game and try and get one of the permits. They're doing a lottery where you go and you apply for a business license to do it, but they're going to give about a thousand. So 90% of the Airbnbs are either going to close or operate illegally. And depending on how they enforce it, I'm thinking they're still going to operate like on the side of the law. And if you're not enforcing the law, it doesn't hold as much water. And I think that's a problem for the county as well. Because some of these things that happen, especially with party houses, is it's a noise ordinance issue. If it's loud after 10, that's not, you can't do that in an Airbnb. You can't do that anywhere. If if you're having a party and you're loud and you're just my neighbor, I'm going to call a noise ordinance. 311 and. So they're really loud. I don't like it. <laughs> I can't go to sleep. Um, so it's it's weird because it's it's stuff that if they just enforce normally and across the board, it might be in pretty good shape. So it's interesting, but it is this is something that I think uh, as a listener, you might be able to be aware of is to really evaluate those uh, provisions in your county, state, city. Early on in this, when I first got my cleaners, the cleaners call and said hey this guy's buying an airbnb in town he wants a reference for us can you be a reference and i talked to the guy and he's a guy from california who was buying in vegas because he can't buy in california he's like i'll airbnb it until i move and so he was getting it set up and i'm like you know all this stuff's coming down the pipe it's pretty sketchy here it's be aware so to those listeners be aware like go look at your local laws and stuff and see how that works because business license business tax um properly accounting for all the people that you're paying so that you can, they're going to get taxed on what you say you paid them. All that's really important to keep track of. And it does turn in more of a business than just having a spare room. Um, That's kind of where I wanted to go with that. And that kind of all ties together, right? So the financial stuff is kind of, I, I don't know if we'll cover that, but that's another really complicated piece of this, where if you're going to jump in and put your house out and have an Airbnb, figure out how to do the taxes, make sure you're reporting everything right or you will get bit, um, hire somebody. <laughs> don't do it yourself. If you sit down there and then open up yeah. your tax act and try and put it all through, not a great idea unless you're licensed. It's a really complicated one. How do you guys deal with that one? Let's start with Anya and see how you guys.
2: So we do it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so
0: here I am saying don't do it.
2: Um, I mean, Avalon's interesting. They take, city takes 12% for every short-term vacation rental. Um, so we have to pay that monthly to the city. Uh, but yeah, we, we do everything ourselves. We have, you know, our workers are in a 1099 and <laughs> we're just calculating what, what comes in and what we spend and we're doing our own taxes.
0: Google Sheets, QuickBooks, where are you tracking?
2: Google Sheets.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you're gonna do that, make sure you know what you're doing. I, I would not do that for mine and i say that also just because i i'm i'm in a spot where it's it's all weird right now it's so weird right now and that's probably a difference too is that trying to make sure that if something happens i can go okay look here's everything it is let's figure out how this resolves you know my my accountant and my lawyer guys are like yeah not a great idea but Get out of it. So I'm getting out of it. I'm listening to that. There's
1: a certain point where you just switch to a long-term rental situation. Yeah, just correct. A lot so, cleaner of a of a situation. Even somewhere like Vegas, you have the benefit of a pretty healthy yeah. demand in the long-term rental market, um, or sh- or short-term because you've got
0: short-term, long-term, like that mid-term, like yeah. furnished finder and insurance relocations are the next thing I'm going to look at because they're greater than 30 days. And it's it's traveling nurses, it's CEO relocations and it's people whose houses burned down and just need somewhere to be for three months while they get a rebuild or a check. So those are those are like the in between. Right. So you've got days to weeks Mm -hmm. then the month space where you get into more like real tenant laws. And then there's the long term stuff which you can manage yourself or have somebody manage for you. Uh, if you're interested in property management services, contact Poplar Homes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, our, that's our little plug. Um, how do you manage it for yourself, Joe? Yeah. Uh, great, you? great, <laughs> no, I uh, agree. Good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody I, else does it like I, I do.
3: I think it comes down to personality, right? Like I, I'm somewhere that would not, I, I wouldn't know to be here if my calendar didn't tell me to be here. Mm. Um, I, I just uh, don't remember things that way. So, you know, got an app on my phone, take a picture of the receipt, right? Magically, they're all there at the end of the year hand it off to the accountant and, uh, he always mine manages to find a way to save me a little money. Right. So, yeah. so I'm really happy with that. Um, I, the, my first year I tried to do it on my own, you know, and it was kind of like a shoebox receipt sort of, you know, it was not, it was not easy. So this yeah. is a lot less stressful and seems
1: to work a lot better for me. Yeah. Great. That makes a lot of sense. Do any of the platforms themselves help with that stuff? Uh, good question as well is that so Airbnb. Airbnb
0: does give you like, here's what you paid. Here's what, or here's what we paid you. Here's what you collected in cleaning fees, mm-hmm. but my cleaning fee is less than I pay my cleaner. So I have to side, I sidetrack it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's easy. Cause I just, I'm paying them through, um, I'm through a portal. So I just, I have that account too. Um, I don't know. Are there other ways? Are there, does yeah. Vicasa, the,
3: yeah like for Costa, for example, Will pay the transient occupancy tax, right? Which is what oh, I mean, so they it was, collect it off the top. Yeah, right. It so it just the homeowner's just not going to see it, which is great, right? So that takes care of itself, but
0: but then I mean, you have to know you paid it at the end of the year.
3: Yeah, so at the end of the year, if if you don't pay attention, you're gonna the the taxman will find out how yeah. much revenue came in. Oh yeah, right. So you would like to track your receipts right so you have something right off against that yeah um so yeah i mean if a cost is going to track whatever they spent right and just say like well this is how much this person met but they're going to 1099 99 you um and you probably have a mortgage against it for example you know probably have a whole bunch of expenses so yeah you pretty much i, I don't know how they could do all of that on their own right so you're you're pretty much going to have to track it to some extent.
0: Yeah, I think the point at which I decided to figure out and get help was when I started looking at how depreciation works for putting it against the asset. Like going, okay, you you've got it. You're carrying this. Here's how many years you can depreciate. Here's what you use for your root, and then it's like a thirtieth of that. And it's like, oh, my dad was a math teacher. I know how to do a calculus, <laughs> but this is really annoying. <laughs> um,
1: just rent long term.
0: Yeah, just just rent long term. Maybe. If it's right for you, if, if it is right, right for you, you, then you don't want to manage it. We'll do it for you. Yeah. Um but still track those expenses. Still yeah. track <laughs> those expenses. <Yeah. laughs> know what you spent and what you made. Um, is anybody doing LLC or any kind of a formation to kind of give you a little bit of shield? No?
3: I feel like I should, but I, I haven't, <laughs> you know, so.
0: Yeah. It's weird. I have an LLC, but it has nothing to do with this. And so yeah, it's here, like but I've yeah. done that and I've set it up and I've structured it. And I, I was doing this. I'm like, oh, I could do that. Eh, And it's just sat pass through because it just has. Like there's something to be said for momentum. Like once you're normal and used Mm -hmm. to doing something some way, right? What do you think you're going to change about yours in the next six months to a year, Anya?
2: Ooh, that's a a tough question. I mean, I think what we like to do is just go in every year and, and make sure that what we're offering is in good condition. So, you know, like we are outside, we have a lot of patio furniture. So making sure that all of our patio cushions are not, you know, weathered and just sun damaged. by and the just, sun and the birds. Yeah, so just going in and, and making sure that, you know, the day one when we took those initial pictures and put them online, that our home continues to look like that. And so uh, that's probably the major thing. I mean, our our vendors are great. We hope they never leave us. And (laughs) we're going to keep working on uh, building those relationships and keeping those relationships strong. And then um, I think what we like to play with, and which is very challenging to do when we're, again, far from the Airbnb, is making each guest's visit special. So a lot of our guests come to Catalina for a particular occasion. We've had several people get married at our house. We've had, you know, just birthdays, anniversaries, all sorts of celebrations. And one thing that we we always score really well on in our reviews is we get a lot of mentions of those personal touches that we put out. So it'd be nice to seasonally, you know, for Christmas, have a Christmas tree in the house or just, optimize it a little bit per season per guest Put and a festivist poll <laughs> <laughs> there I just keep working on on uh delivering a uh, and just unique experience compared to what a lot of airbnbs are which are yeah. just a bad and a spot ours uh we, we just try to make it as special as possible so we're gonna keep thinking of ways of, of doing that
1: gotcha
0: what' what's the deal
1: uh, what's the deal with have you heard of this model where I've I've got a friend that uh, had some Airbnbs, and um, they had this model where you would get access to the Airbnb, but there would be one room that was locked off mm-hmm. that was sort of a game room, and you could up and he would upsell oh, the guests. I thought it was
0: going to be the owner's stuff like, no, I've, no. I've done that when they have like, is, like a vacation yeah. home. Oh, yeah, so that's they have totally their stuff, like a lock closet, An upgrade game room.
1: So, you upgrade it's basically you pay to unlock the door, um, <laughs> and I have kind of been curious if that model has caught on anywhere. I, I would think Vegas would be probably the place that that model would exist. So, um, have you heard of people doing something? Well, like what that?
0: I what I have done for guests before is I've had people be like, yep, we're going to be there. We're going to be there for, especially if they're going to be here for like a week, right? And they get in at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night on a Friday. I would like, look, if you want me to do basic provisions for you and are willing to pay 10% above whatever it costs, give me a grocery list. I'll go pick it up. Put it in the fridge it'll be there when you get there mm-hmm. and so that's like oh, it's water bread you know beers and some stuff just so that they don't have to get in and be like oh crap we landed ubered and all we could get was a cheeseburger on the way now we'd have to get up in the morning go get stuff so just having like you know eggs toast milk yeah that kind of stuff like there's yeah. always coffee in the place but then to go beyond that is is on a rare occasion if they're like i'm getting in super late i'll be like you know what I, i'm gonna do this for you yeah do you want this yeah some people that, that the day like. Oh, well, we were on our way and it's supposed to be checking it at four, but uh, traffic wasn't so bad on the 15th. So now we're going to be there at 11. I'm like, you can't be there at 11. What are you, what are yeah. you doing? There's somebody cleaning right now. And uh, they don't get anything. <laughs> I'm not going to buy them groceries.
1: And that that probably makes sense somewhere where you have a little bit more of an air, uh, urban yeah. vacation rental where you kind of want to play the market. You don't want to necessarily bake in all those yeah. extra things. Whereas Anya, you and Catalina Island, that's probably people are coming there for an experience. Yeah, and you're looking to exactly. capture that top tier market so you bake that into your price
2: exactly, and so do it every time. We, exactly. So, we, I mean, we probably charge a little more than the local Airbnbs. But I'll tell you the truth, the Airbnb market is very hot on Catalina, so they're pricey to begin with. But we don't have people you know, stay at our place because they're on a business trip. You know, everybody who's there is there to celebrate, vacation, relax. So we've got a great set of customers because they usually come in happy and they're there for a a really positive reason. And we just want to amplify that as much as possible. So we do, we add all those extras in at no extra cost. If they arrive early, we try to, you know, give them the golf cart to go take a tour of the island while we finish cleaning and just offer them like a, as good of an experience as we right. possibly can and treat them like we would be hosting our friends as opposed to mm-hmm. you know guests and it's it's been doing well for us so <laughs> we're going to keep doing that.
1: Uh, Catalina wine mixer?
2: <laughs> the, so <laughs> do you know about the Catalina wine mixer Oh, I know a- it is
1: <laughs> it's it's the Catalina Wine Mixer, right? So the <laughs> funny thing it,
2: about know. that is that there now is a Catalina Wine Mixer after the oh, Step Brothers movie. Oh, oh yeah, my God. so after the Step Brothers movie came out, um, Catalina Island was like, "Hey, we got to do this wine mixer." Yeah, yeah. And so now there's one in September and it is one of our hottest wow. booked weekends and that's the other nice thing about, you know, owning an Airbnb is taking advantage of all those at local events and things like that and adjusting pricing and things like that so yeah catalina wine mixer that's funny that's hilarious do you ever
0: do you ever just go like "Eh, we're gonna go this year
2: (laughs) you know we haven't been yet and the the funny thing is is we you know we actually rent out the property and we're, we're booked so much throughout the year that by the time we think of it to take a weekend to go ourselves we can't stay at our own place because it's already been booked. So. Yeah, kind of that's a nice crazy. deal we'll to, to be
1: paid not to go somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yes. That's, a, that's a
2: different way of looking at it.
0: I'd really enjoy this, but look at this dollar bill. <laughs> uh, Joe, what are you going to do to your place in the next six months to a year? Um, could be for
3: nothing. Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, for sure, I need to do something with the hot water heater. Um, it's... It's not really a complaint per se, but there's a lot of, you know, There's it's you just can't have 10 people shower in a row without burning through the hot water heater. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what the solution is. Have you looked is. at tankless? Um, there's no natural gas there, so I don't know. I have not mm. yet figured out what best to do. If yeah, it's just electric a second, a second hot water heater or I don't know, um, but something, we're going to do something yeah. on that. We're going to figure that out um so
0: that that was something that i i looked at for that and i just turned the hot water heater up and then they have yeah, <laughs> it it a little better They're like, get well, a little further yeah it might scald but you'll be okay <laughs> there's a pool in the back put butter <laughs> on it right no that's wrong don't put butter on burns don't listen um, to me. okay so you're looking at hot water yes yeah, so you're, so, you're doing maintenance upgrades and appliance upgrades kind of stuff yeah
3: Not i guess yeah depending on how you think of yeah. that one yeah and then need to put a roof over the hot tub i think it's a pretty rainy location right oh so, yeah you know hot tubs are nice when you're not getting rained on and yeah. uh then it has a just get a pop-up
0: <laughs> yeah there you go just put it next to me like here yeah <laughs> um, enjoy that
3: <laughs> uh there's a, a one car garage that has never been more than like my personal place to put junk you know and it'd be i think it'd be great to clean that out you know just like take a little time and you can make it up. a game room and put a exactly on. Yeah. yeah i could put a, make it a game room i wasn't i had not planned to upcharge for it as much as just you know have a it be extra another yeah, yeah 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 a little extra space so
0: interesting so i'm gonna get out of the airbnb game in the next well like six weeks but um that's gonna transition and, and look at midterm and long-term rental so I'm i'm the odd man out here
1: hmm. um i've I've learned a lot from you guys. I'm, I'm the newest here in the business. Uh, and you know, one of the, one of the issues I'm dealing with right now, maybe have some perspective on. So being an onsite manager, you do get called on for maintenance issues. Um, and I've got this, uh, you know, when you're in a place like Jackson hole, there's a lot of moisture. So I've currently got a tenant reporting a moldy smell in the shower. Uh oh, And, but there's no visible mold and you it's interesting you talk to these vendors and they don't really have a recommendation of what to do in that situation they're like well where is the mold i don't know
0: yeah you gotta pop the wall open
1: yeah so what do you do in that situation so you ever dealt with that the
0: the only thing i've had that comes close to that is just on the smell side it's you know it's vegas so it's dry as bone there's not much happening but I have I've had like two guests smoke inside, and I, I was I was irate. Um, that's listeners, if you're ever going to Airbnb, don't smoke, don't smoke anything inside, don't vape, no marijuana, especially no cigarettes, no cigars. Don't chew inside because you're gonna spit on the floor. Um, but I, I I had cigarette smoke in there, and so I rented an ozone machine for like a day, and that took care of the smell. Um, I don't know if that would help with the mold itself, but it'll help with the smell. Mm -hmm. Like that's a challenge though, is you got to find some way to, I don't even know if there is
1: mold. It's just a, a slight tinge of a smell. Hmm. For all I know, it could be the moldy clothes on the, (laughs) on the rack next to the bathroom. Yeah. You can get a dehumidifier for that room. Yeah. Basically the minute, like the, if you, if you have no, it's like 750 bucks to have someone come in and test the air. For mold spores. For mold spores, minimum cost.
0: And there's probably mold spores because it's in Jackson and it's damp.
1: Well, it's not, it's dry. It's a dry environment, but there's a lot of snow and rain. Um,
0: Oh, I just mean like outside in the air, there's molded spores. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's.
1: So I don't know. I don't don't know how that works. I don't know what to do in that situation. I have not experienced that one. Stay tuned for future <laughs> updates on the moldy shower.
0: <laughs> We're get updates on the moldy shower. Hopefully, the moldy shower itself <laughs> <stuff> gets updates. <laughs> well, we hope that your shower is not moldy and that you've learned something and kind of shaking the cobwebs out of your brain on this one. I know we did. We had a lot of fun recording it, and we hope you had a lot of fun listening. If you do need uh, property management services in your area, you can visit us at poplar.home/pod. If you want to get into an Airbnb, there's a lot of local groups on Reddit and on Facebook that can help you out. AirDNA is an excellent resource for seeing what kind of market there is in your area as well. So thank you very much for listening, both Lori and Foray. We will talk to you next time on the Poplar Propcast. Good night, everybody.